All right. It's maybe it's rattling around in your head. It is in mine. I watched Justin Trudeau steal people's digital coins, digital monies, uh, lock down bank accounts. I'm perfectly aware of the fact that the party intends to put us down into their control. But I, I, I think that it might be it might be inexorable that we end up with digital currency. I don't know how I feel about that. So I want to talk to my friend Zach Abraham about this because you know me, I have this crazy idea that I want to be able to reach in my gun safe and pull out my currency, not into Mark Zuckerberg's safe. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile. Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. And heads up, I am getting inside information uh, from some special forces cats who say that uh, the invasion of, uh, and I'm recording this on Thursday, by the way, so... Just, you know, as of Thursday morning, my uh, sources are saying that the uh, large scale invasion of Ukrainian cities is a front uh, and note from Ukrainian special forces to Russian soldiers said, hey, we're not going to be taking any more prisoners. We're going to kill you all. Uh, so just prayers for Ukraine and the people over there. And, and that's certainly that's a bigger problem than we have right now, uh, which is facing, you know, being killed. Uh, but we have some challenges uh, and we know that one of them is it's very clear to me that the party intends to control everything we do. And look, they they're trying to do that with the injection passports. Those things aren't gone. Red state governors, so-called, are, are, are acting to put these in place. And once that infrastructure is is all out there, then all of a sudden it's no longer going to be voluntary. So that stuff's happening. And then, of course, we saw in Canada, the dictator of Canada just decided, ah, I don't like how you think. You have, quote, unacceptable views. So I'm going to go ahead and just take your bank accounts. And then they untook them. But once they do it once, they're going to do it again. So I want to have this discussion with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer of Bulwark Capital Management. Zach joins us. Good morning, Zach. Well, thanks for having me, sir. Always fun to be back on. It's an amazing time, Zach. Um, you know, I just, you heard me just preface this, that probably good idea for you and I safe in our houses. Uh, me more safe since I'm in the uh, the uh, free America. Uh, you in the less free, <laughs> separate country, maybe less safe, although God will protect you. Uh, to just keep in mind that as we sit and talk about digital currencies, um, folks around the world are facing war. So I just like to keep things in perspective. But I, I'm really struggling, man. Um, I am really, really struggling with the idea that it's too far along, that the party has moved us too far um, that we might not be able to stop a digital currency from being pushed down upon us as our only way to have, you know, mass business level um, exchanges of goods and services. Not like you can't barter with your neighbors that wouldn't prevent that or have small, you know, uh, little targeted areas where you use something else. But if you want to have a, an actual big functioning business, I'm worried that digital, they're going to make us do that. Am, am I right with that? Is, or, or is, the, is it avoidable? Well, I, you know, first of all, it relates to the comments about free America. Remember, remember the movie Red Dawn? I just watched it. I think everybody did. Did oh. you too? Yeah, well, I, 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 uh, 
<laughs> this will make me sound like a really bad dad, but my wife was gone for the weekend and my, my daughter, one of my three children, she stayed at her grandmother's house, the grandmother, grand, grandparents' house. And so me and the boys had guy nights. So we, we, we had my uncle come over and my boys are seven or nine, seven and nine. And we introduced them to Red Dawn for the first time. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of a rite of passage, right? Yep. But you know, it reminds me of, yeah, I, I feel like I'm the dad in the prison camp holding onto the fence, telling you to avenge me, right? I'm, I'm trapped behind the enemy line, right? The stool is against the wall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, no, I, you know, I don't think, um, I, you know, I, I, I know a, a, a colleague guy, uh, associate type uh, of, of guy, acquaintance, if you will, who writes a really good newsletter. And, and he refers to this as the constant nudging of the nanny state, meaning I don't think that they're going to come right at it and, and, and shove it down our throats but it'll be quiet coercion, right? It'll just over time, you know, you see it with cash right now. You just see, it's, it's just, it's cognitive dissonance, right? It's warming up that water a little bit at a time. It's getting people used to it. And over a while, people will, you know, start thinking that it's a decision they made, right? We went this way because it's more, uh, it's more convenient. Um, that's how I think the plan is to roll it out. The interesting thing you see right now, Todd, there's something going on underneath the surface that I don't think a lot of people are paying attention to, which is you have, you have the dollar index flirting with a hundred right now, and you have oil trading well over a hundred. Right? If you told most people that that was happening a year ago, they'd have told you you were insane. Um, the reason I is because if a move like that got out of control, contrary to what a lot of people think, if a move like that, that got out of control and the dollar and oil kept going up together, which there are several reasons that make that viable, you would have a global currency crisis. And one of my fears is, is that a global currency crisis will be the genesis or the harbinger of, uh, you know, an international, um, electric or, 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 uh, uh, web-based currency or, or cryptocurrency, uh, or potentially a new global currency. And, um, you know, the thing that's always bothered me about that is with this, how indebted the world is, you could launch a new international currency. And I think you and I have met to, uh, spoken about this before, and you could just tell everybody that, look, your door prize for joining our currency union is a forgiving of your sovereign debt. You see what I'm saying? So I don't think they're going to shut. They always dress it up like a present, right? You know, the Bible talks about this, right? It's, it's the, the most pernicious things are presented like the greatest presents. So I, I, I kind of think that that's, that's the way it'll probably roll out. Well, you know, it's so funny to hear this because, um, you know, my wife is not a fund manager. She doesn't have a bulwark capital management, but you just said exactly what she said, but you say it in a very sophisticated financial way. Um, and, no, and my wife is looking at this saying, um, oh, let's see the coin shortages and businesses don't take cash. And and I'm of the opinion that we're being purposely driven into inescapable debt, uh, that that it's just being piled up so high that you, I'm sorry, you're not going to pay off a three hundred trillion dollar debt, which is our real debt. And that, that everything they're pointing to is we've got to break things. I mean, you had the technocrats talking about, 
the, the vaccine system that at least wasn't giving people, you know, heart attacks and, and myocarditis and strokes and and wasn't, in fact, apparently like this stuff is reverse transcribing itself into your DNA. In other words, changing your DNA. Um, but they talked about in that systems act, they said, why don't we just blow it up? Why don't we just blow up the old system? And we had yeah. the, the CEO of Bear saying, look, if we told people this stuff was gene sequencing, gene therapy, they wouldn't shoot up with it. So we didn't tell them. And so here's where I'm listening to you. I don't mean to say, oh, you're right because my wife agrees with you. But I'm looking, no, at, the, no, yeah. but I'm looking at a Venn diagram, a guy who manages, you know, and stewards money for people very successfully. And my wife, who, you know, is a very smart woman, uh, but that's not what she does. And you guys said almost the same thing that that's, that's what might happen. Um, and if it comes to a global currency, yeah, I think they reset everything. And what were we told by the, the, the kind people at Klaus Schwab who loves all of us deeply, um, you'll own nothing and be happy. And so then right. did they extend that down to others saying, look, in, if you get into this new currency, your house debt's gone. You don't own any, you don't, you have no debt. We own your house, but you don't have to pay for anything. You think they go that far? Oh, I, I mean, <laughs> they'll pay you 45 grand a year to sit on your couch and smoke marijuana, Todd. So, I mean, yeah, I don't think there's any limit to it. And, and when we talk about this stuff, one of the things that I want people to, to really understand is, uh, you know, some of this stuff sounds far out there and I get it, but I would just remind people that, uh, you know, when we said, a year ago that energy was the place to be. And we saw an energy crisis on the horizon. Everybody's like, are you out of your mind? We don't need oil anymore. Here we are with oil at 112. I don't say that to gloat. Okay. Uh, Boeing was a similar situation. This will make sense. So bear with me. But we, we did a show on March 1st, 2019, where I told people to get out of Boeing stock. We've done a research project on it. Uh, that individual day, the stock hit all time highs. We've had several other calls like that. that re went really well where people came, people came back to me and said, Oh, that was an incredible call, man. How did you know? And I, and I look at him and I'm like, don't be that impressed. The reason we know is because we just did the, <laughs> we just took the time to look. It wasn't like some big detective, you know, we quote unquote broke the story on Boeing. I don't have a full-time research staff. You know how we did it? We read the financials, read the minutes of the conference call and talked to seven employees. Okay. We look, when we bring this stuff up, I, I, this isn't a conspiratorial theory about cryptocurrency or new guys, the financial system itself. And, and what I, the reason I bring up the dollar index is look at the amount of debt we have put on in just the last 18 months. Look at the largesse, look at the inflation. And yet our dollar index is up nearly 30% over the last 10 years, right? It's pushing up against a hundred, which is this record. Everybody's ignoring that. What does that tell you? It tells you that the monetary system internationally is fraying because no matter how many dollars the Fed prints, it cannot cover all of the dollar based liabilities out there, i.e. debt denominated in U.S. dollars. So the dollar is going to collapse, but you know, eventually, but nobody knows what that looks like. And when we're talking about alternative currencies, like I said, this isn't some harebrained back alley, you know, Unabomber type discussion. Yeah. This is looking at the current financial system and saying, hey, guys, it is coming apart at the seams. 
Why is the dollar rallying to a hundred, you know, to a hundred while all these other inflationary things are happening? It, that is the signal to us that the monetary system is stretched to the max and it's either going to fix itself, which means it's going to snap in half or it will get fixed by somebody else. And, and, you know, I think it'll be the new version of Bretton Woods. And look, to your point about this, and then I want to get into this debate about do we even try to maintain a physical currency or do we because, Zach, I, I, I am not the person who is going to say I trust the global, quote, authorities with with my ability to buy and sell? No, uh-uh. I, I have to have other ways to do that. Um, so let me give you this example because this just came out the, um, Epic or Epoch times, they should say Epoch, but they say Epic. Uh, This is, this is a piece that's one of the most popular articles in history. The truth is coming out about COVID deaths. Let's see. COVID deaths have been vastly overcounted. Okay. I said that two years ago, COVID has primarily killed those close to death anyway. Okay. I said that two years ago, CDC highlighted role of comorbidities in vaxxed deaths that, um, uh, yep, that's right. The CDC said, oh, well, people aren't really dying from the injections, there's comorbid factors, but they hid that when it came to COVID deaths. Let's see. Most COVID deaths likely due to ventilator malpractice. Okay, said that two years ago. Better alternatives to ventilation exist. Yep, said that. Um, And I could just keep going through this. Hospital incentives are driving up COVID deaths. I've been saying that forever. Um, a, a bounty's been placed in your life. That's right. Get people using remdesivir and it will kill. So I just continue to go through this and I'm deeply frustrated. And I'll candidly tell you, I'm a little bit hurt because some of my former colleagues called me lunatic for saying these things. Here it is in writing and footnoted. And people would say, well, how did you know? I read I picked up the Moderna SEC filings and Pfizer and said, wow, these aren't vaccines. They say it right here. Then I looked at the incentives to the hospitals and said, wow, they get paid money for for injecting people with remdesivir. Gee, I wonder what they'll choose. So this then then there's this. I want to bring this back around to finance. I was thinking about a conversation today. I got into the car yesterday, the truck, and I heard the following news. The oil producing companies of of countries of OPEC have agreed to increase production of oil to 400 barrels a day. This after pressure from the White House facing Vladimir Putin, blah, 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 blah. Then I heard uh, next, the Federal Reserve is not moving to change interest rates in the way that some investors had feared. Back to back. Total control. There's nothing free market here. The Arab countries are saying, yeah, we'll trickle out a little bit more oil for you. And the Federal Reserve is, yeah, we're not going to raise interest rates right now. Hey, it's, it's worse than that, Todd. Uh, so that's the way the U.S. That's the way the U.S. media framed that. I, I know what headline you're talking about. Um, so what they didn't tell you is that OPEC, that is the same policy that OPEC has had for the last 16 months. And for about, don't quote me on this, but their capacity is so maxed that they've had multiple months where they haven't been able to increase production at all. And I think they've only had one or two months out of the last 16 where they've actually reached that goal of 400,000 barrels a day. They are just jawboning the oil market right now because they literally anything they do, like releasing the SPR or any of that kind of stuff. You and I have talked about this before. It's shooting a BB at a tank. And I think when people really, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, there's no fundamental reason for oil to be going this high. Nothing's happened that. 
you've heard me talking about this for a while. Once again, I don't know what those people are looking at. And guys, I don't know if oil's going to 250. I don't know if oil's going to hit 125 and pull back from there. Nobody really knows. But if you try to sit there and say that there isn't fundamental reasons, it's because you're not looking at the fundamentals, right? So, um, and you just see this, you, you know, you're talking about COVID. Uh, when COVID first came out, we read through the stuff and I said on the air that, look, guys, we should take this seriously. It's really infectious and it could really hurt the sick amongst us. At the same time, it's not the black plague. And I had people come back to me, clients go, boy, you really pegged that one. And I go, guys, I, I'm just reporting what I'm reading. You know what I mean? This isn't, this is, I'm not an immunologist. I'm just reading what the immunologist writes. And, and there you go. Um, and it, it goes to what I'm talking about. I don't know if it's the social media effect. I don't know what it is. But it's shocking to me. There have been times where I've been shaken out of investments that I really thought were good. And then I hear all the negativity out there. And I'm like, I must have it wrong. Only to find out that, no, I didn't. It, it, it's, there's just so much misinformation. And nobody hesitates to talk at length about things that they have no clue about. And it, that is true of the, the oil situation. Oh, OPEC's going to help. That's the, that was the announce. That's what the U.S. media said. That isn't actually what they said. They said. They continue to commit to their 400,000 barrel a day increase, and they haven't been able to hit it in the last six months. So, <laughs> okay, well, and this is what all I heard was central planners, central controllers, and what I know is that doesn't work. Eventually, that breaks down, um, and eventually, of course, that's going to break. So, I would also say this, and I want to um, so to make this turn into: Do we have any hope? of not being of not having our currency uh absolutely seized like if everybody started to use cash there's a friend of mine here a couple friends in uh, the free uh, freer country of idaho we got to get rid of brad little as governor and then we can maybe be permanently free um but there's some people here who have a cash uh friday that they're going around the businesses and encouraging them to give discounts for people who use cash on friday um, to try to bring back the value of cash. Um, I love the idea. I, I try to buy things with cash, but man, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm now that guy where I've been in a, I used a credit card for 67 cents yesterday. Cause I, <laughs> cause I won't, I won't have a printer um, because the scam of the, of, Oh, you, you can't print a black and white document unless you have yellow ink in it. Now I, I shot my last printer with an AR 15 for that reason. Do we have any hope of, of, of getting out of this behavioral kill shoot? And I'll ask you to answer that and at least explore those ideas with me um, in just a second. Zach Abraham is with us, Bulwark Capital Management Chief Investment Officer. This is a huge week for us. Um, we just today, I just had a briefing with a new advertising client this morning. Uh, born and bred out of the state of Texas. I'll make the announcement Monday. Uh, big. I'm so happy. And I'm also just honored. We are partnering with Bonefrog Coffee. Uh, Bonefrog Coffee is founded by a 25-year Navy veteran and Navy SEAL. And Bonefrog, the symbol, is iconic in in the SEAL community. And it is a reminder of SEALs who gave their lives. Some, some of the other day sent me a note and said, hey, please don't say that my, my, my brothers lost their lives. Don't say that. My brothers did not lose anything. They didn't misplace their lives. They gave them for you. And no greater love has man than he would lay down his life for his brother. 
So point taken. They didn't lose their lives. They didn't misplace them. They gave their lives for us. And so one thing about Bonefrog Coffee is some of the proceeds go to help support families of SEALs who fell uh, in duty and, and, and special operators. But it starts with the coffee because Tim Cruikshank, my friend who is the CEO and founder of Bonefrog Coffee, said, hey, all good intents, great. But what do we know about the SEAL community? Quality. <laughs> what do we know about, you know, our special ops guys? Quality gets the job done. So he's been fortunate to have the aid of a guy named Dave Stewart, who is a legend in coffee utter legend, 30 years. He advises, um, he mentors, he even roasts for them, some of their roasts. Speaking of the roast, you can get it in espresso, you can get it in French press, you can get it in drip, you can get it in bean, whatever you need. You go to bonefrog.us, okay, bonefrog.us. And my suggestion is this, go in and get the subscription pack. It's always then available in your home. Try all the blends, but nail down the ones you love. Uh, and understand this, what will you do that? You are working with a company whose motto is God, country, team. That will be on their packaging forever. Tim Cruikshank says it's non-negotiable, never leaves the package. Unlike another company that was founded by veterans and sold coffee and said, we're the Second Amendment supporters. And then Kyle Rittenhouse had to defend his life. And all of a sudden that company ran. Oh, well, not in that case. Uh, Second Amendment, uh, it doesn't go that far. That's not going to happen with Bonefrog. Go to bonefrog.us. That's bonefrog.us. So I, I gave you a good minute to think about that while I was drinking. Uh, just the the uh, aforementioned coffee. So, is there any hope, Zach, that we can escape the behavioral kill shoots and not be forced down into a digital currency, which is it's it's pretend they control it, they can dip into it, take out of it whenever they want. You never know how much money you have. You never again own your money. Yeah. Um, over time, I, I don't really see. Uh, I don't really see a way around it. Um, wow. Yeah, it's just, it, and, 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 and it's not, it's not, um, it's more about just human beings, understanding that, you know, the, the nature of human beings. Um, you know, we're just, we're suckers for cognitive dissonance. It works every time. And we can convenience and grease <laughs> our way into authoritarianism, you know, Um and I just, I, I very much think that that is going to continue to be the way it goes. I mean, control does not seek less power. You know, control doesn't seek lesser uh, uh, measures of control. And um, like you said, there's just too many, there's too many, uh, there's too many levers. There's too many advantages and, and too much leverage that that gives the, the folks in power. And it is more convenient and, and that's the way they'll sell it. Um, and there are advantages to it. I mean, right. I mean, that's the, that's the tough thing about it is that there are advantages to cryptocurrency. There's no question about it, but like anything else, what are the costs? And, um, you know, that's another nuance that I think has been lost amongst the culture is that we believe that there are things that we can do that have either benefit or no benefit. And, and that's not the way the world works. A lot of things have a benefit. The question is what's the cost, right? And everybody forgets to ask that, that part of it. Right. Um, so I, you know, I, I, I don't think there's any way out of it. Um, I think that if you have, if, if you're completely off the grid and yourself, you know, sustaining and stuff like that, I don't think people are going to, you know, I mean, at this point, I can't really envision people coming and, you know, seizing your potatoes and things like that. I don't think that's going to happen. But at the same time, if you want to transact business, if I want to run bulwark capital, 
it'll probably be impossible to do it un- unless you yield to that monet. You know, you use the money that, you know, for instance, there's, there's aspects of it right now, Todd. I mean, if we want to be oil traders in, in Bolivia, uh, we have to settle every single oil transaction in U.S. dollars, right? So the rest of the world is already forced to do something similar to that. And, um, you know, I, I don't think that there's any way you're going to be able to run a proper business, um, you know, w- without, I, look at, look what they've done to marijuana companies, you know, in terms of how marijuana companies, despite it being a legal business now, they couldn't use banks. Um, you know, so I think there'll be ways around it. I just think they'll be so inconvenient that, you know, a business won't be able to scale without participating in that. Business. All right. So with that being said, um, what would you think of the idea of churches, um, creating a parallel society church currency that is okay. So here's what I'm talking about. Like, um, we have parallel society schools. I I'm yep. giving a speech coming up. I've got two speeches coming up, actually. Uh, one in um, Bonners Ferry, Idaho, on March 18th. And I hope to see a lot of people there. That's the most conservative of the Republican groups in North Idaho. Another, yet the date's yet to be settled, but this will be for a private Christian school uh, this, this, that has a building. Now they need the money uh, to pay for the building. And um, this is a parallel society, right? That they, they are oversubscribed in this school by almost 600 kids. Wow. And so what would you think about like churches saying, hey, we'll get together. We'll create the currency. I'm not saying churches are perfect. They're not. We know that they're run by human beings. Um, But I am I am dead serious. If you let Zuckerberg or Dorsey or Schwab control or, or taint or drive or steer or nudge the currency that they forced down upon us, your freedom is dead, right? I mean, the Lord is still in charge. You're going to have the freedom of mind, freedom of conscience. The Lord can deliver us from this. He's warned us about this, but man, Zach, this is book of revelation stuff. It's not the mark of the beast, but it's a pretty good trial run at it. So what would you think about, you know, uh, the church is getting together and saying, here's our, here's our parallel society, digital currency, um, and our pledge is we aren't going to control what you do with it. I think that, I mean, first of all, it's entirely possible. Um, the only thing about it is, is it, I mean, it's, it's entirely possible. It's entirely plausible. And I could see, I could see situations like that setting up in the future. The only issue that I would have with it is that you'd have to have some way to tether it to something to avoid somebody being able to come into the market, manipulate it and, um, you know, potentially manipulate the price and things of that nature, which, you know, think if you had a bunch of, you know, if you had a, a large church community and let, let's say that altogether they had a million dollars of U S dollars put into the currency, <laughs> potentially somebody could come manipulate it and mess with it. So I think you'd have to be something or, or have something backing it of some kind. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you went about it that way, absolutely. And, and I mean, that's kind of the, look, Todd, that's kind of the other, that's the, that's the flip side of the coin, which is, um, you know, this move, this move into this, this advancement as far as the, the blockchain and cryptocurrencies, um, in certain aspects, there will be certain circumstances like one you're laying out where it will be, uh, an apparatus that increases freedom. Um, 
I, I just don't know how I, you know, if, if, if the powers that be do not want that apparatus to increase his freedom intermixing with theirs, th- that is something that they can do, right? In a closed society, it'll work fine. Um, it just may not be able to be integrated back. Right. And I, I guess that's what's, and this is where probably I just made the mistake of turning to what I fancy to be my smarts, that I'm thinking about the, the early Christian communities. <laughs> they, they had to hide themselves, right? They, they had to use code words. I mean, we've got yep. Christian brothers and sisters meeting in private in China because they're crushing or trying to crush. They're not succeeding. The church, we've got the church, Christian church going, growing big time in the Middle East. This insane, incredible, miraculous thing where you have, and I have friends of friends who are missionaries um, in, in Middle Eastern countries where they'll have people come and knock on the door and say, I had a dream that I was to come here because you'll tell me about Jesus. And, wow. and they're saying, yeah, we're getting a lot of that. Um, so I'm thinking of the early Christian communities that a reminder, we're not of the world. You know, we are visitors here. So maybe what we really need to be doing is saying, hey, you know what? We're going to not trust in, in chariots and armies. So we're going to trust in the body of Christ and we're going to make a commitment. They come for the currency. They come for the currency. We'll feed each other. Um, they come for the currency. They want to con people out of the houses. We'll house each other. Right. That we'll do that together. And maybe that's the commitment we need to make, because that's the sort of stuff that 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 I don't care how twisted the bureaucrat is. That's really difficult to fight when small communities band together to say, hey, no, we're going to care for each other because that's what the Lord would have us do. So maybe I need to stop worrying, Zach. Maybe I just need to say, you know what? Those are chariots and horses. I, I trust in the Lord Jesus. I, I, I trust in the plenty that exists. There's no scarcity. There's plenty. That's probably what yeah, I need to do. I, I mean, I, I think that that's one of the only, I mean, I think it's one of the only constructive responses that we can have to it. And I think it's, it's important. Well, one of the things I've learned in investing is um, investing it really instills a lot of mental discipline because you find out really quick that the markets uh, and investments don't really care about you, how you feel. Yeah. You know, so you you got to really adjust on the fly. And I think keeping that positive, proactive mindset of, of, uh, you know, looking for the bright side, looking, looking, looking at what we can do. You know, I talk to my kids about that all the time. Let's not sit and talk about what we can't, let's focus on what is actionable. And I think that what you just said is actionable. I'm, I'm a big believer in be the change you want to see. Um, if you want to see a kinder, gentler world, be kinder and gentler, uh, something that we pray with our kids about every single day. Um, and then, you know, I think the other side of it is too, is you, you, you mentioned this, but I think all the time of be in the world, but not of it. Um, and, and to be in the world and not of it, I, I will just tell you to deal with inflation. And this is again, not me trying to talk my book or anything, but it, it, to deal with inflation, I will always go back to, to diversification, meaning owning some stocks and things like that. And even some cryptocurrencies, it is, it is not bad. It is not evil. It, it, it really isn't. It, it should be, in my opinion, as a responsible human being, because we are in the world, we're not putting our faith in those things, but we are in the world and we got to be able to buy bus tickets, right? So having that as part of what we do, it's like a hedge. It's a hedge. You know, I think that we should own land. I think we should have resources, but that should be part of it. And when you get into times like this, history teaches us 
that really that level of diversification is really the only way to protect yourself, to spread it out, make different bets at the same time. We, we do that in our portfolio. I got a call from a client the other day, just kind of give you an idea what I'm talking about. He goes, Zach, am I reading this portfolio correctly? And I said, well, I don't know. What are you reading? And he goes, we're long some of the big tech companies. And yet I see that we're also short the NASDAQ. And he goes, well, why would we do that? And I said, well, because when the NASDAQ goes down, the biggest, most valuable companies don't fall as much. But in order for the NASDAQ, (laughs) those big companies have to go up, right? So when when the NASDAQ goes up, we're making a little bit of money. And when the NASDAQ goes down, we're making a little bit of money. But, But kind of that's my whole kind of concept of diversification is we don't need to be all in. And as a matter of fact, we shouldn't be. We should be in the world and not of it. But spread those bets around. Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. Um, Zach Abraham has been with us. You can listen to him at knowyourriskradio.com. It's a fantastic radio show, incidentally. Um, Zach, um, we've, we've gone long today. It's taken a lot of your time. So I want to thank you for that. But I also just want to clarify something uh, as I roll the... Uh, the music. I'm just do a commercial for you, but I never like to do it when you're here because I feel, I feel it embarrasses you. Um, y- you don't ride buses. No. Well, I mean, I mean no. when in Rome. I mean, Dude, come on. No. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. Well, Mike, well yeah. Needles there. In Seattle. All right. Yeah, well, that's true. All right. I mean, I've been made for an exciting bus ride. <laughs> Thank you, my brother. I appreciate you. Go with God's good grace, Zach. Thank you so much. Yeah, I was just looking at these uh, pictures from the separate currency of Seattle and, and friends of mine um, sending me pictures of the buses, the heroin needles everywhere um, and in the seats. And for some reason, I guess certain heroin addicts think, oh, I'll just dispose of my needle by putting the blunt part down and the sharp part up. That's 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 a party owned city. That's what you get. Um, and so for some reason, I don't know why he stays over there. I keep telling him to come to free America. So that was Zach Abraham. You can see his, or here's radio show at knowyourriskradio.com. Incidentally, as he's talking about diversification, he's talking about all of those tactics, understand that he also is, is omni-focused. In fact, all of his work is centrally focused on risk management. Um, so that as particularly as you near early retirement. So if you like hearing a truth teller, which you just did, Zach Abraham talking about the truth of what we're headed down in this behavioral kill shoot, he'll also tell you the truth as to whether or not he believes you can retire, um, and retire early and get some solidity, right? Something you can count on that, that that's, that decision is made. So if it's in the back of the mind, the front of the mind, it's in your hearts, your wife is asking about it. You feel like you got to move, get out of the big company. Well, then just call that dude, Zach Abraham and have him run the numbers. He's at 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. And I just want to say this, that, that, that I, I, I grieve for the old Todd. Because old Todd snuck into that conversation. And I just had this conversation, this a talk on this topic in this way, not finance, but just in my discipleship group where we're being discipled. I just, I, our pastor just talked about the old you is going to sneak in. And I just, just now, I don't know if you felt it, but I felt like I was... Uh, 
I, I felt like I was not an, an apostle because I'm not, but I felt like I'm once again saying, oh, we can't trust God. Once again, I'm looking at this saying, how do we get out of this? Well, there's things we're not going to do. We're not going to violate the word of God. And we're not going to allow the party to force us to violate the word of God. I'm not going to take, you know, if, if, if God forbid we live through the time, or maybe, maybe we should welcome it. Maybe we want to live through the time of the actual mark of the beast. So we can, you know, test our faith and say, no, we refuse. Are you going to starve us? Okay. And the, then we'll be starved. But man does not live by bread alone, but by the, every word that escapes from the, or comes from the mouth of God. But man, to what degree are we addicted to trusting in chariots and horses? Instead of, and I'm, I'm thinking of the Lord who hears everything, hearing that conversation and going, you guys don't get it yet, do you? You're not going to get rescued by men. You're not going to rescue yourselves. Do you, are you ever going to understand me on this? You know, I care for the sparrows in the air. I counted the hairs on your head before you were born. I knew you before you were born. I've pursued you. I've, I've spent in, 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 incountable, incalculable costs to come and get you back into my family. I'm extending grace to this moment that, that you live in a country that has industrialized the killing of little babies. You, you live in a country that's industrialized and industrializing, shooting kids up so that their bodies don't work anymore. And, and they're, not, they're not any longer. They're, they, they, they're being changed from my image to the big, image of Big Pharma. And I haven't yet destroyed your country. I'm extending this grace to you. But man, I am storing up bucketfuls of wrath here, guys. And yes, I'm extending grace because I love you. But I am storing bucketfuls of wrath and I'm thinking of, of God hearing the conversation between Zach and I and going, Todd, you wanted to put me at the center of the show and you're talking about your lunatic idea for crypto? Like crypto's the key? And coming together as a Christian community to say, hey, we'll grow our own food. We'll feed ourselves and we'll feed other people. Because there's plenty. Because they gave you seeds. Yes, Monsanto is trying to destroy the seeds. Yes, they want you to have to license the seeds from them. Yes, it's unspeakably evil what Monsanto does with their Franken seeds. Unspeakably vile. And also not something that God can't overcome. And that's the way this stuff sneaks back into that, that, that stuff being the old Todd sneaks back in. This fear. I, I want to concentrate on something in the next few weeks in the program. I want to concentrate on facing everything without fear. I, I want us, and I ask you to come with me on this, to remember the 365 times in the Bible that God said in one way or another, stop being afraid or, or to feel despondency. That that is an affront to the Lord, that, that he's saying, I have, you, you know where you're going. You know how this ends and you still want to be despondent. I think as we grow together, 
And those of you who are new to the Christian belief, and those of you who are not new, but not yet in a church community, and, and, and those of us who are in a church community, but we're just, we're just checking the box. We just go in and we touch the base on Sundays. Those of us who maybe are a little further along, and a lot of you are far more along than I am. I know that. Maybe we can take a pledge together. Maybe the pledge we could take together is this, that we're going to pledge to almighty God that we're not going to fear. That we're not going to act in that way, that we are in fact going to fully put our trust in him. Wrap up today with a personal note in the form of an email I got. I mentioned this earlier talking about the taking of life versus the giving of life versus the losing of life it's a it's a phenomenal quick note that i think is vitally important and i want to share it this would be a great time to talk about allen's artisan soaps you want to talk about feed one another so allen's artisan soaps is the invention of my friend john who is a giving and Uh, John would tell you probably himself, he wasn't always as nice a man as he's become. He was ultra focused on the world. And then he had three boys and John is focused on the Lord. He's focused on these boys, two of whom are deeply, deeply impacted by, um, by uh, being on the autism spectrum. Deeply so and, and, and profoundly so with some other really difficult health concerns and issues. They're not afraid. They don't they, they don't operate in fear. John took a step, proactive step. My sons will work. They will work at something that is God given. That is soaps made from natural ingredients, the, the ingredients God's created. And, and we're not going to automate. My sons are going to do the quality control work. My sons are going to do the packaging. My sons are going to help pick out the scents. So they're in completely unique scents. It's great soap. Allen's Artisan Soaps also is when you buy from them, you're supporting a business model. And the business model is, yes, John could get his soap packaged and and QC'd by machines, but he's not doing it. His boys work. They have the pride of work. And when you get your first package of Alan's Artisan Soaps, you're going to see a picture of Alan. That's the young man who helped pick out the scent and help package the soap that's in your hands. That's a form of feeding one another. It's, it's, it's distinctly acting without fear. So it's alanssoaps.com. Just go there and get the gift pack. Figure out which soaps you love. Give it as gifts. alanssoaps.com. I got this note yesterday, which cut me to the quick, which is, and I apologize. That's a pretty cliched phrase. I don't even know where that came from because I never say it. it comes from Jeff. Dear Todd, I've followed you since you filled in for Rush Limbaugh. As you say, God rest him. I then found you in Seattle in your radio show there. God rest Seattle. It is dead. My wife and I took vacation there recently to visit family who'd moved into the area. I've served in combat three times. What I saw there reminds me of every country in which I've served before the wars came. I love that you support us and our community. I do want to call something to your attention. Please never again say my brothers lost their lives in combat. They did not misplace their lives, Todd. It's not like they woke up one morning and they were gone. They gave them. 
My brothers gave their lives. We walk into combat zones, not with our death on our mind. We walk in believing we're going to come out alive. Let the other guy die for his country, something we say. I know you love us and respect us, and that's so clear. So remember this. Every time we jump out of a helicopter, every time we enter a war zone, if we're killed, it's because we gave our life. We handed it over for our country. And to answer a question you've asked several times in your show, is that harder these days? I'll be honest with you. It is. I worry for my country. But at the same time, if I got called up again, I would go and my wife and my family know it because I'm a soldier. That's, uh, isn't that part of not being afraid? Isn't that part of feeding one another? There's a reason that Jesus so emphasized no love hath, no greater love hath man than to lay down his life for his brother because it's the ultimate trust. You're jumping off a cliff. You trust that God will catch you. You trust that your last breath here is your first breath in heaven. That's a major bit of trust. And so I will pledge to do my best to never again say lost life but in fact gave their lives. And by the way, in so doing, how many different times in history have our men and women of the armed forces, how many different times in history did they give their lives to save ours? That is in fact giving life, not just giving one, giving theirs that others are given their own. That's why we love you guys so much. Thank you for the note. Thank you for the correction. This is the Todd Hermit Show. We so appreciate the support of the podcast. Remember to share it with friends. Now, please do go be well, be strong, be kind, and as always, be right with God.